Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, I'm Eric Engel with my wonderful, beautiful wife, Jolene, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. Tell me what we got today. Is it an audio? Is it a uh, email? What is it? Yep, it's a letter. We have a letter. Um, today's show is: Should a wife follow a husband who is not spiritually leading the home? So here we go. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, dear Jolene, a friend of mine has a husband who attends church with her, but he is emotionally abusive and he's an alcoholic. They attend a church that is opening a second campus that the wife wants to start attending. Her husband is refusing to attend the same church, just different location. He has not been remotely a spiritual leader. So is she wrong to ignore him and go to the campus without his approval? And am I wrong to encourage that? So my short answer is yes, she is wrong. And so are you. <laughs> that's all that's all we need that's, that's all we all have time today. time for right now so uh, so he's but he she says he's not a believer is that right he she says he's emotionally abusive and he's an alcoholic and he has not been a spiritual leader but he's attending church okay all right so I don't know what emotionally abusive and being an alcoholic has to do with what church you would go to or what campus necessarily. It's the same church, right? It's the same church. He wants to stay at the original location and the wife wants to go to a different location. Are you kidding me? He wants to actually go to church. Right. And she's upset because she wants to go to a different location of the same church. Right. Should she, get it right. should she follow him because he's not spiritually leading? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, please. Well, <laughs> there, there is a justification in the mind of, well, you basically stink as a leader. You're not spiritually leading. So why should I even bother following you? Okay. And, and here's, here's the deal. That's what goes on in most wives' minds. Okay, whether their husband's a believer or not. Whether he's an alcoholic or not. <laughs> or emotionally abusive. Right. Okay. This is not just for this situation, the emotionally abusive alcoholic and he's not spiritually leading. Every wife has the tendency in the back of her head of, and why should I follow you? Maybe not the passive personalities, maybe just the dominant strong-willed like me. It's just like, and why should I be following you? You know, because we have a hard time about that in scripture. It's our natural inkling to just kind of like bucket. Well, what's behind that is why should I follow you? Because you can't measure up no matter what. Right. That's what's behind it. And that's what happens at day two of the of the, of the marriage. Day okay? two. Day two. Well, maybe day three. I don't know. When did I tell you that I'm surprised you haven't annoyed me? Uh, it was That's probably, day three. It was probably day three on yeah. our honeymoon yeah, that yeah. you were surprised I didn't annoy you. Right, right. So there, you know, our pride just swells up, Our the sin nature in us, the curse of just wanting to control. And so there just becomes this seething bitterness kind of like towards God's word, but we don't, we would never say that because, you know, we're these strong, spiritual, godly women. We would never say, 
it's that verse that you gave me, God, about having to submit to my husband that really bothers me. Instead, we'd rather just, you know, point out the speck in our brother's eye and right. not notice the plank in our own. Well, so let's go back to a simple question. Uh, would that bring her closer to her husband or would it take her farther away emotionally from her husband if uh, he wanted to stay at this one campus and she wanted to go to another one uh, or sh not wanted, but actually did. Right. Oh, hands down. I'll create a wedge. I mean, you want to create some bitterness in your marriage. Just do that. But I guess my question would be to any wife. Okay. Why? And this is a hard question. Bring okay? it. <laughs> why don't you want to follow your husband? Many, many times I've thought about writing on that. Well, there, look, there's the answers that you're going to get, and then there's the real answers. Right, right. Okay. Because I've had to ask myself those questions before you came along, you know, because I had to deal with these scriptures as a single woman. And it's just like, I don't like what I'm reading. And well, so then I'm going to just stay single. But that's not what I really wanted. I wanted a husband. I just didn't want a husband. I wanted a husband according to God's plan with all the blessings that come from that. Right. But I did not want to be obedient to God's word. And it's just like, ah, uh, that doesn't work. Okay. I don't get to have all the fruit and blessing of a biblical marriage without me being obedient to the scriptures for wifehood. Well, uh, submissive, submissiveness or being submissive starts being to be submissive to the Lord and to the right. scriptures. Right. So that's the that's the first bowing of the knee that takes place there. Not just bowing your knee in salvation, but bowing in the sense of, you know, I'm your daughter and I want to do what you've called me to do and I want to surrender to your word from the beginning of Genesis 1-1 to the end of the book in, in Revelation. So it's really a heart issue that every wife has to deal with because submission is a hard pill to swallow. It doesn't matter if you have a great husband or a lousy husband. It still goes against our nature, okay? Hands down, it still goes against our nature. But if a woman could ask herself why she doesn't want to follow her husband and she could list, you know, page after page after page, depending on how long they've been married. Now, if you ask a single gal who's engaged, she's like, I'm going to follow him all the time. Okay. Because she's in love. Right. But those that have been married longer, we know that, wow, you sure do fall short. And wait a minute, why did God set you up as the head of the home? So there's this natural, bitter, prideful wickedness in our heart as wives. And so we justify why we shouldn't follow you. Well, because we're not looking at this from God's standard. We're looking at it from our own standard. Great point. And that's why I'm going to list all his sins. So then, then I can justify my own. Right. Right. You know, which is ridiculous. Right. But I guess the question that you have to ask yourself is, well, what kind of marriage do you want to have? Do you want to have this broken, strife-filled, platonic, distant ungodly looking marriage because when i choose to not follow you and it has nothing to do with whether you're in sin or not it creates a wedge between us well right and and i'm not saying that the alcoholism and right. the abuse doesn't need to be addressed oh hands down it yeah. does yeah but you don't address it and you don't punish it by Saying, well, I'm going to a different campus than you. Right. There, you're punished. Now we're even. You know, that doesn't do anything for the relationship. Well, and the Bible, I mean, she apparently, from the looks of it, based on the letter, she sounds like the more mature Christian. Does she not? 
Well, I and guess, yeah. If if she is the more mature Christian, then she's called to not stumble a weaker believer. Which, from the looks of it, it's just like, well, why is he going to church? So there's something there. He's going for some reason. He might think he's a believer. Well, if he's weaker than her, she's called to not stumble him. And by her saying, well, I'm not going to go to the campus that he's at. I'm going to go do my own thing. Right there, you're showing him a picture of, I'm not going to listen to what the Bible has to say. Because at some point, that man's going to learn that he's to have a biblical wife who submits to him. He's going to be thinking, that's not my wife. Well, she's she's going to use the Bible to beat him over the head right well, now. And we're hoping that that doesn't happen because... You know, there there are some words to wives about husbands that aren't obeying the word. Okay, First Peter 3. Oh, 1, sure. Absolutely. You know, it says, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, that even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. So she's either got to deal with her scriptures I would encourage this wife to look at the scriptures for wifehood and not look at the scriptures for what it, it for what it says to husbands. Well, uh, he wants to go to church. I understand. I, I mean, really. You know, you got a guy, I don't even care if he's drunk when you take him to church. Take him to <laughs> church. You know, get him there. And he wants to go. And you're and and what you're going to do, you're going to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to stick it to you and I'm going to go to another campus and I'm not listening to you." Uh, that will bring him real close to the Lord. Sarcastic, you know, you hear the, yeah, sarcasm. the sarcasm. I mean, you know, that's ridiculous. Well, I would ask this wife, what point are you trying to prove by going to a different campus? Uh, she's trying to prove that I don't have to listen to him because he's an alcoholic and he's, and he's emotionally abusive. Okay, well, that's not going to make him not an alcoholic or not emotionally abusive. And by the way, uh, she has a little bit of ownership there in the abusive area the emotional abuse yeah. yes yeah. because she doesn't have to put up with that right you know right. but well, she, even alcohol i wouldn't put up well with any I, of it. I, I get that but I, but the way that she's going about it right now is out of order okay there's a certain biblical order and the first one is oh hun hmm you want to go to this campus i'm not sure why i'm drawn to the other campus but i'll follow you would that not soften that that fool's heart right Think about it. He's a drunk, a functioning drunk because he goes to church. He's a functioning alcoholic who's emotionally abusive. But she says, you know what? Yeah, I really want to go to the other campus, but I think I'm going to honor you instead. Wow. She just heaped coals of kindness upon his head. Now, if he lashes out in that moment, I would be like, you know what? I was trying to be really kind to you and really respectful to you. Do you not want me to be kind and respectful to you? I do. Okay. So let's start there. And then as you start to build a better foundation between you and your husband in this situation, then you could start addressing the other issues. Well, she's she's not going to win him over at all if she doesn't have influence. Right. And she's not gaining any influence by sticking it in his face and saying, I'm doing this because right. you did that. We right. call that a tip-for-tap marriage. That's right. A tip-for-tap marriage will never make you feel like a cherished wife. Ain't going to happen. No, it's never going to bring you together. No, no. And so she's got to deal with some of these verses. Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, just because he's not this great husband, that doesn't mean that that negates her verse. Right. And it doesn't say, wives, submit to your husband's sin. 
Right. Just submit to your husband. Right. And, and frankly, as far as I can tell, there is no sin in him wanting to go to church here. No. Is there? No. And she's not in harm's way. Her kids are not in harm's way and going to church there. So. Right. If he's drunk, don't let him drive. Right. You know, right. she can drive him. You know, there are certain things that a wife needs to look for when, when a husband's asking her to submit. Is it? Is he asking me to submit to this sin? Are my are myself myself and my kids in in harm's way? We're not in harm's way here. You know, you've addressed. Don't let him drive drunk. You know, don't get behind the wheel. You know, or buckle up your kids in the in the car if he's a drunk. Because it's just like, no, we're not going to do that, hun. Right. You know? Well, now now here's here's the fine line. You still submit to your husband's stupidity. Right. If it's if you're not in danger. Okay. Now, when I talk about stupidity, okay, I'll give you just a simple example. We might be driving someplace and I've decided the route that we're going to (laughs) drive. And you tell me, hey, if you go this way, you'll save half an hour. Right. Well, I'm going to go this way. Okay. It might be stupid. I'm, it's going to cost me more gas. It's going to take more time, but you need to submit to that because he's not putting you in danger. No. Okay, and and we all think we're smarter than the other, you know, and, and a lot of wives think they're smarter than their husbands. A lot of husbands think they're smarter than their wives. And it's just like, look, you got to deal with your own issues. And, you know, if you're called as a wife to submit to your husband, uh, submit to him as unto the Lord, even if you don't agree. Okay, uh, and that's really hard right there. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a wife saying, well, I agree with that. But she right. doesn't have to say it in a rude tone. You know, she. by the way, just so you're all clear, Christian wives are allowed to have an opinion. Okay? We're, God's given us a brain. He's given us a voice. Feel free to use it. Oh, but it's on. always the tone. You don't have an opinion. Yeah, no, I don't. I just <laughs> I just have a blog and a podcast and, and so forth. So, you know, it's just the tone and how how it's delivered and i think that a lot of times christian wives just feel like they can't express themselves because of this because of biblical submission well and she could always say hey i think this way might be shorter what do you think about that mm-hmm. you know if, if we uh if we got there a little sooner we could do this or that right you know but you know that sort of approach rather than you're going the wrong way or this is going to take us twice as long going this way. Yeah, there's a, this underlying disgust that I wish, I wish wives could appreciate, learn to appreciate their husbands and be grateful for who they are because there are some, there's good in them. Not all, not all husbands are bad husbands. Well, there's disgust in this letter. No, no, I understand that. And so, every wife has to take ownership of her own behavior, her actions, her attitudes, because a disgusted wife, every husband is is capable of realizing that there's disgust dripping from his wife's pores, okay? And that's not going to draw the two of you closer together. It's not going to increase the influence that a wife has been appointed by God to have, okay? A man is appointed by God to be the head of the home. Doesn't matter how lousy he is. 
Okay. Well, right. And a wife is appointed by God to have influence in the man's life. Well, let, let me just set the record straight. The guy is always going to screw it up. Oh, yeah. I mean. Because you guys aren't perfect. Except I, I know I haven't screwed anything up. But <laughs> in our all, 21 years all, of marriage, all other perfect. guys are going to screw yeah, up yeah. the leadership, right? Yeah. I mean, we all screw up the leadership. Right. And, and most, I might say that most of the time, you probably have a better idea than I do. But here's the problem. The Lord didn't give you the job. That's not a problem for me, though. Well, I understand. But. But it comes back to, look, God is smarter than I am, and I got to follow what he says, whether I agree with it or not. And I better get on board and agree with it. Right. And so that's that might be the difference between some of the wives that have issues with this, because I don't have an issue with you being the head. But that doesn't mean I didn't have an issue with God saying that in his word, because I already took issue with that. My hand is raised. I got questions for you. What? Okay. Have I ever done stupid stuff? Well, I'm sure you have, but I don't keep a record of it. I understand. And I might have to like make you remember, but obviously I've done stupid stuff, right? Okay. How do you follow me when I do stupid stuff? Not sinful stuff. I don't want you following my (laughs) sin, but just stupid Um, stuff. How do I follow you? That's really an interesting question because it's not my nature to be a follower. I'm a born leader. Uh, Right. That's that's my personality to take charge and to create mutinies because (laughs) every great leader has to create mutinies from time to time. You are the queen of mutiny. (laughs) How do I follow you? I don't know. I'll follow you anywhere. I mean, I guess the difference is I learned, I learned as a single woman Okay, God's word says this. Yes, I, I have a hard time with it. And I may have thrown up in my mouth when I read it. Um, and I know I thought that God should have made me the man. Because I'm like, this isn't jiving with who I am. Right. Um, but it was interesting. I was in a position. When I got saved, I'm trying to think of the timing. Yeah. When I got saved... I was running, uh, my job was creating citywide special events. So big events, like we would shut down the streets and so forth. So that was my job was right. to, to handle all that. And anyways, I did that for a couple of years and then I got saved. And then I ended up at age 26, I was running a chamber of commerce. So I left the job with the city and I started running a chamber of commerce. And at this point now, I'm fully in charge and I have a secretary, but I also have a board of directors who were my bosses. Now, mind you, board of directors who 12 bosses that didn't get paid. They were always in my office that it's just like, don't you have something to do? Like, get out of my office. Right. Okay. So I have 12 bosses that don't get paid and always have to give me their opinion. Okay. So <laughs> it's not going well for me. I mean, I'm highly annoyed and 26 years old, single, newly saved, and I have this huge amount of responsibility on my shoulders to the point where my health was declining and I sought another position. I thought, I I really need to leave here. So I was there for about a year and a half and I knew what it was like to be fully in charge and have everything on my shoulders. Okay. Right. Now this was a gal that my identity was my career. I, I was good at what I did. Okay. I was not insecure as a leader and in my job. Right. Okay. So mad skills, I'm good. 
But yet, I had huge responsibility. I had to make sure we made payroll, the whole nine yards. Anyways, I leave that job and I end up being an assistant to a vice president of a Christian ministry. And going into that job, I'm just like, this is so far beneath me. I got to serve some man coffee. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, obviously God had a totally different plan. I mean, I did serve him coffee, but there was a lot of humbling that took place between me running the Chamber of Commerce to me now helping this man run a company. And it was in those moments that the Lord really showed me, you know, daughter, you don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulder here. You just assist this man to carry out the mission. And it was that year that I worked there that I became the support staff. And so I did, I helped the boss, I influenced the boss, I was respectful to the boss. I mean, it was easy peasy for me. And he he was just like, even to this day, you're the best assistant I've ever had. Okay? Right. And I took those concepts, those business principles, being fully leader, fully in charge over here running this company and knowing how stressful it was to being the support staff over here, but yet being influential. Anything I said was pretty much put into practice over at this other company, okay? And who was the favorite employee? Yours truly, because I was the most respectful. I was the most supportive. I was the one who carried out whatever he asked. Okay, now he's not asking me to do anything that would go against, you know, what the Bible would have to say and so forth, okay? Right. So I took those same concepts and I applied it to us when you came along. And so for me, I've never had an issue with following you. That doesn't mean I haven't agreed with some of your decisions, but the idea of, I mean, if only I could get a hold of these wives that want to be in charge, I'm like, you know what? You could enjoy your marriage so much more and your family life so much more if you just hand the reins over to your husband. Now, I realize that there are some wives listening to this saying, Jillian, I try and give him the reins, but he won't take it. That's a different message. But to the dominant personality wife, hand the reins over to your husband. And I know that your guy's like, I'm not touching those reins because the last time I tried to be in charge, you told me everything I did wrong. Okay, so that takes a while right. to rebuild. But if a wife could just learn, you know what, God wants you to feel cherished as a wife. He doesn't want you to have all this stress on your shoulders and all this responsibility. And what I try and tell wives, I'm like, God made your husband's shoulders bigger for a reason. My husband has bigger shoulders. There's so many things that I don't handle, not because I'm not capable, but because I don't have to. God's placed it on him. And so the last thing I want to do is criticize you as the leader of the home, because the minute I start criticizing you as the leader of the home, that's when you're going to put on the brakes and say, fine, then you do it. And it's just like, I learned my lesson at age 26. I don't, I don't want to be in charge. That doesn't mean I'm not in charge of certain areas of our family life, because there are. I mean, I, I manage the home. I'm the manager of the home, and I will come to you. I mean, we have a mission of what we want to do in the home. We move together in unity, but you let me run the home in the sense of you know what's going on. You know what meals I'm taking care of. And so I know that sometimes a wife might have a hard time of figuring out, well, but I feel like I'm in charge because I'm running the home and I'm running the kids and so forth. When is he in charge? And I know that that could get, be very complicated and might be hard to discern. And again, that's a different message. Well, uh, there's look, there's nothing wrong. And we do this. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, my the boys might come and say, uh, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I'll say, hey, 
You know, I could tell you yes right now, but that's your mother's area. She is the expert in that area. And uh, it would be it would be better for for you to check with her. Right. Now, I could tell them, yeah, go ahead or don't. Right. But, but check with her because she knows what's going on there because I trust her. I trust you. Right. And so that's the key. A lot of it is really kind of running your own race. What's the what are the roles that you guys have set up? You know, God has set up the husband as the head. I don't care what church you go to, what Bible you read. If you're hearing otherwise, you need to leave because it's not in line with the word of God. You will never, ever have the type of marriage God intended if that's out of order. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's never been a question of how can I follow you? I wouldn't have married you if I couldn't have, if I didn't. And I, I would say I would hold up, you know, I had my list of what I was looking for in a husband. And if I didn't respect that man enough, there was no chance I was walking down the aisle because I knew the biblical com- command that I was to respect him and follow him. And okay, it's just but, like, no. Nope. But there's two things to respect and respect are two different things. Yes. And, and, and I want to explain that because you might say, well, I respect him. I respect this guy because of these characteristics or, you know, these, you know, how he does things. I respect that. Okay. But then there's the other side of I show respect. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think he does anything right, but I show him respect. Right. Okay. God, that, I mean, that's the one. That's where the rubber meets the road. Right. You show respect. Show your husband respect, whether you feel it or not. It's just like how he's called to love you, whether he feels it or not. Love is a choice. Respect is a choice. And it's an action. Yes. Yes. So I know we kind of got off a little bit of, you know. I don't care. That's where the Lord leads. (laughs) All right. Well, those are my thoughts. She should follow her husband in this situation. And the wife that wants to encourage her to go otherwise, she she's best to keep pointing her back to the Word of God. So anyways. Fantastic. I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. Until next time, embrace your choice. 